Kevin Barral with my co-host Isaac Zoot. And we have a very special guest, one that many Marlins fans know, Craig Mish of Sports Grid. Craig, how are you? We are very, very excited to have you on and talk about the Marlins that are over 500. Hi, Kevin Barral. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> Isaac, good to see you. You too, Craig. Things are looking swell for this team, huh? Definitely a better start than I would have anticipated after seeing the first four games. So, yeah, I mean, game over 500. I don't think anybody should be complaining at this point. We'll find a way. But at this point, I don't there's not there's not a lot to complain about. I'm sure we'll get into that, but there are some things obviously. But I you know, to me, a pretty good start all things considered. Yeah, is this is this what you expected to see from the team, Craig? I mean, we talk about the offseason and what they did to really acquire players, Cueto, Segura. You made a couple you made a trade to get Luis Arise on this team. A couple other deals here and there, Chargua, who's unfortunately now injured. Well, mm-hmm. Is this what you really expected out of the Marlins, you know, I would say almost 20 games into the season? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I Look, at the end of the season, you know, I, I still maintain the same thing. I, I think either they're going to continue what they're doing here, and some of it does feel a little magical. Some of it does feel a little lucky, I'm just being honest. Uh, but But at this rate, they would finish several games over 500 which would be a pretty massive improvement over last year. So if that continues, that's pretty much what I thought. Or my opposite take was it would just be a disastrous type season. I just didn't, I, I still don't just see them as 81 and 81. I know that's kind of where it is right now, but I, I just don't feel that way. I feel like that things would change significantly for the better or they would be where they were a year ago. But uh, as of right now, they're exactly where I guess most would project them to be, which would be a little bit above 500. But Look, I, I personally don't think that the way that they have been winning is sustainable, but I think what's important to note is that the last few years, everybody was like making all these excuses about injuries and one-run games and not really just you know, attaching yourself to the record of the team. This year, no one's making any excuses. No one's talking about any one-run games, and it's just like, oh, this is where they're supposed to be. Well, this year, they're on the luckier side, and that's just what sports is. You, just, you, you accept what your record is, and you don't make excuses – I saw today where their run differential is so bad. Who cares? That's what we you should have been saying last year, too. The run differential is so good. Who cares? It doesn't make a difference. At the end of the year, no one remembers what the run differential is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think definitely there's some encouraging signs thus far, without a doubt. But to say that they haven't been a little fortunate, I think most people, yeah. if, if you cornered them, would say, yeah, we, you know, we've been a little lucky in a few of these games, too, which is fine. It's the way it goes. Yeah, I would agree. And one of the things that hasn't been as fortunate, I think even looks worse than he did last year, is Avisail Garcia. I got to ask you, we wouldn't Six be doing minutes this. in, huh? Wow. Yeah, if, we wouldn't be doing our jobs if we don't ask you this. What are Miami's options here? You reported a few months ago that he would have a couple of months, if not his playing time would diminish. Is a trade even an option? What options do they have and what do you think they will do? Because this is they've got a couple of years of a lot of money left on this guy. Yeah, I, I think I think with a with a look, I look, I don't know what the next week or two is, is going to be. I wouldn't anticipate anything happening like on this road trip or anything like that. But, uh, you, you know, you, you do have to ask yourself again with them winning all these one run games. We know they're going to be in a lot of tight games all season long. We know that there are going to be times where they're offensively challenged. And you wonder to yourself, what would just an average player look like in, in the roster? Because he has been a below average player now going on a year and a month. 2-2. Struck him out swinging. Went with the slider. I've had a lot of conversations about this. 
and continue to have a lot of conversations about it. I, I think the time is running out. I do. I think I, I don't think it's today, but I think there comes a point where you just basically have to just take your L on this if this continues and, and sort of move on. I, you know, I, I could still see him having a good career elsewhere. It just hasn't worked for him here at all. And with, with with the new coaching staff and a new hitting coach, you would have, you would have thought to yourself, oh, okay, maybe there's a new lease on on a career. I personally have, haven't seen it, and we are seeing it with Soler. So really, what is the difference here? I mean, I mean, you, you mean, Avicel Garcia got more money than Jorge Soler, and he hasn't been able to turn it around. Soler looks like exactly who we thought he was going to be a yep. year ago. So. You know, I, I don't have a clear answer on the t- on the timetable here, but there there definitely is, I would say, organizational frustration. There's no question about it at this point, and this just cannot go on uh, forever. The only thing that I would add to the conversation is this: it's not like the Marlins are so blessed with five or six easily replaceable players sitting in the minor leagues right. that would guarantee to be better. Like anyone who's calling for all those guys, you really don't know. And so if they were just to cut the cord, let's say, in, in May at some point, and they were to call up let you know Peyton Burdick, and Peyton Burdick was to struggle, let's say that would happen. I mean, then what? Then you know, who do you turn to at that point? It's it's just not an easy thing because it's not like they have just so many easy options to replace them with. I think that's part of the conversation too. Who who do you who do you know is going to be able to replace him and be much better. Can anybody replace him and be better? Yes. Look, he's a below average player. His war is negative again this year. But uh, you, you can't guarantee me that Peyton Berg's going to come up and mash. You, you cannot guarantee me that putting Jesus Sanchez in the lineup every day is going to mash. He didn't do it last year either. So I think that's part of what they're hanging on to also. All right, well, I'm sure you saw this morning. We're recording this on April 20th. Uh, Madison Bumgarner was designated for assignment. So what yep. you're saying is it is possible that they would be willing to eat the rest of the money. And before we get to that, would a, a swap of these two players be something that they'd be interested in? Of, of Bumgarner, you mean? Yeah. No, I, don't, I mean, I, I haven't heard that, so I don't, I don't think so. But maybe just like, initially my thought was, is that if it didn't go well in at the beginning, that they would bench Avi. But the more I'm sort of thinking about it here, I just don't think that would be good for anybody. I don't think it would be the team, good for the team. I don't think it would be good for him. It would just be delaying the inevitable. So if they do get to that point, I just think it's a wash. I know I threw out yesterday the Ozuna idea, which short-term uh, would cost them more money because Ozuna's making more money than Avi, but long-term would would save them some money too. Uh, you know, all, all these things I think were in play, but I, I think the, the easiest outcome that I see playing out is just this continues, and a month from now, maybe less, I don't know, they just decide, hey, look, it's it's just better that we we cut bait, but I th- I think it's going to be a little bit longer before they make that call. But I understand everybody's frustration. We are all watching the same thing every day. You think he, he could like they just eat up the money in DFM? Yeah. Not or now, tomorrow? but yeah, yeah, not now. But... I, I I don't see any other option. I, I just I I don't I don't see any you know viable option for it. What what would what would one be? You you'd have to. You know, present me with one. Yeah. So I want to ask you about another outfielder. I mentioned a couple outfielders they have on this team. The other one's Jesus Sanchez, who has also struggled big time this season and also last season, but, you know, with less playing time this year because of Brian De La Cruz and other guys. Um, you know, what, what's what's the leash for, you know, how, how much longer does he have to prove success on, on the Marlins? And, 
you know, with Peyton Burdick in the minor leagues doing what he's doing right now, kind of, you know, is he putting some type of pressure for for Miami to, you know, bring him up at some point? This guy's leading the International League in homers. He's getting on base. He's, he's doing everything he needs to do to get into minor leagues. And Burdick also had a nice spring training, too. Even, yeah. I could argue, better than Sanchez. Yeah. With, with Wendell being out, if for if for some reason they were to let's just say DFA or again trade Jesus Sanchez in some way, you know Kevin they would have absolutely no left-handed hitters to bring in at any point yeah, of any major right. league baseball game, and that yeah. is just that is why Jesus Sanchez is on the Miami Marlins. I, I don't think if Jesus Sanchez was right-handed, I do not think he would be on the Marlins anymore. But they have no choice whatsoever. And I think what you've seen, at least in the early part of the season, uh, maybe more so with with Skip Schumacher than with Don Mattingly, is Skip is making a lot of in-game changes in the 6th yeah. and the 7th and the 8th yeah. and the ninth. And when he wants to go to the bench against you know a right-handed pitcher, generally speaking, you're going to want to put a left-handed batter up there, even though the Giants were miserable all week offensively. And Arizona, by the way, they weren't that great either. Like They had all these different options to bring in in the lefty-righty splits. And and the the Marlins just if they they don't have any lefties, let's just be honest, they don't they don't have anyone now. If Wendell comes back, that maybe you say, okay, well Wendell's not our maybe they would say Wendell's not our starter anymore. He's our guy that we bring in in the seventh, eighth, and ninth to to hit from the left side. Uh, and you know him and Birdie just swap spots every once in a while. Like maybe that would be a better option. But as long as Wendell is out and they're facing Camilo Doval like in the ninth inning, or you know they're facing some. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Class A. Like, who who's going to hit this guy? Like, you you need a lefty to come in the game, and so uh, they're they're going to. Ha- I think they're going to have to go outside the organization and find somebody at some point. I, I I can't see this continuing. You know, the Blue Jays were an excellent team over the last couple of years. I think the reason the Blue Jays didn't go as far as they had, they had just had all right-handed hitters. Man, they didn't have any lefties, and yeah. that's why they traded to Oscar Hernandez to get more lefty. I think. The Marlins have to get more lefty, a little bit more. I mean, Jazz, Arias, uh, Wendell, right? Am I missing? Is there someone else I'm missing? Sanchi, but that's Sanchez. You had lately. Well, speaking of going out of the organization, um, you saw Trevor Rogers went down with a forearm strain. You tutored out that you expect him to go on the IL. If that's the case, are they going to look outside the organization to fill in that slot again, or are they going to stay in-house? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I didn't, I didn't even check. By the way, on the M, if he had an MRI today, I'm assuming he did. I didn't check on it. I think if, I think if it was very serious, I probably would know already. So, it's my guess. I don't know for sure, but I think if it was serious, I'd get an alert somehow. But look, uh, that's that's there's an option there, but it does seem to me that I think Hoeing is probably the next man up. It does feel like that. So I think he's probably. I would guess he's probably going to get the start. Look, the other thing that they could do, and and I and I think that we should talk about this a little bit more, is that the non-traditional route to this, I mean, I got to tell you, I, I don't know if he's good or not. I have no idea. But this guy, George Soriano's look really good. And he is making a good impression. He has made a good impression in his three innings. Couple Ks, bottom of the ninth, coming up. And maybe it's I an opener, it. you know, maybe it's Oker. Oker did that a little bit. Maybe Oker comes back. He pitches the first. Soriano pitches two, three, four. Maybe that, I mean, I can't believe we're doing openers here this early, but if, but maybe that's the route that they, that they choose to go. I, I don't know. They've been adverse to it a little bit in the past, but maybe, maybe that's something that they would consider because 
I, I don't know how good Hoeing's going to be. His, his, his stuff is ticked up, apparently. Yeah. But, then yeah. Behind, but behind him, you just you really don't have anything, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what to say. Yeah, maybe, maybe outside. Maybe they signed Bumgarner. Who knows? <laughs> the, maybe. Do you, do you think there's any chance they call up Yuri sooner rather than, no. you know, what is? No. no? Okay. No. That next player I wanted to ask, to ask you about is Gene Segura, who they signed to, uh, I think, it was a two-year deal with an option. Um, he struggled. I mean, there's just no other way to mm -hmm. say it. There's times at third base, he doesn't look even too sharp. Do, do, do you have any concern about Gene Segura right now? And do, do you think that the organization may have some type of struggle with a guy who, you know, really should be playing second base at his age now at his point in his career? And do you think there's any al alternatives that they could look at, you know? Outside of Gene Segura, if he continues to struggle, how he is? Yeah, I feel like it's too early for that. I, I think he's got a long track record of of success, and 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 my guess is at some point he'll start to get it going. From looking at his swings, it does seem like he is trying too hard. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but it sort of feels like that. Watching it defensively, I don't think that you're going to be able to change who he is. Seemed a little bit better at third over the last few games than he did over the first few. But I, I, I think we got to give that one a little bit more time. And but but who knows? I mean, look, we we have seen the way that free agency has gone for the Marlins. The trades have, have certainly looked a lot better than free agency. The trades have looked really good, as a matter of fact. But the the free agents, when they get here, for whatever reason, sometimes it doesn't go well. And and Segura could be another one. I don't know, but too early, I think, on him. I would I would pause that. You mentioned a rise earlier, Craig. Uh, you know, we do know they extended Sandy Alcantara. Uh, in my opinion, they have three candidates for another extension. Luis Arise, Jesus Luzardo. Uh, have they had conversations with any of these guys regarding a contract extension? Not to my knowledge, no. Uh, not to my knowledge. And again, the reason why they – look, I, I think at a trade deadline or at an offseason, I, I still think Pablo Lopez is more valuable in terms of a trade piece than Luis Arias is. It's my opinion. And so I, I think they recognize that, which is why they got the extra year of Arias. So I, is it something they could attack in the offseason? Absolutely. But, you know, you know, guys, two more years of control in addition to the one that he's playing with now. I, I just personally, I mean, I, I know, it, you know, fans are going to hate this, but I don't see what the sense of urgency at this minute would be to do that. My, my biggest concern for Arias is, that finger, like I, I mean, I think he like needs a break for like a game or two. I don't, every time he swings a bat, he looks like he's hurt. I mean, hopefully that day off will do him some good. But I, I think even though he is getting some hits in the interim since that since that injury, it, it has looked tough for me. So hopefully he can get healthy because they're going to need him. Just yeah. to quickly follow up Isaac's question, I, he meant the only other extension guy I want to possibly mention is Cooper. I know that he's all-star last year. He's looked good this year. I mean, this team organizationally does not have much first-base depth. The next guy up would be in the minor leagues would be Troy Johnson. And after that, you're looking even lower in the minor league system. So right. is that someone that Miami's looked into possibly extending? No, no, no. But but that's it, it's an interesting topic and conversation that I've had also. So I, I think Cooper, in my opinion, Cooper is a candidate for a qualifying offer that's the way that i look at this i think he's the candidate for they run him out the whole year and then at the end of the season they offer him the qualifying offer which is going to be massive but i personally don't think the marlins will have any choice if if he has this year that he's having because clearly to me if solaire is doing what he is doing 
I, I don't think he's going to get mega bucks, but he's going to get a lot more than $9 million next year. He's going to yeah. get two for 20 or three for 30 or two for 16. I mean, Adam Duvall, who I love so much, didn't even play a lick basically last year and got like $14 million. So Solaire is gone. Yeah. <laughs> Solaire is going to leave, I think, at the end of the year. And if that's the case, like you really, I mean, offensively, you don't have a lot left now. Long way to go, guys. It's only April 20th, and we're talking yeah. about next year. But that would be my prediction. If I had to guess right now, Marlins don't offer him any long-term deal. They offer him the qualifying offer, and then Coop would have to make that decision at that point to say, hey, look, do I do, I do this? Uh, do I stay here for another year and make almost $20 million if that's the route they go? I mean, he would maybe be a candidate to accept the qualifying offer too, I think. So that, that, that would be the direction that I would assume. Now, again okay. – Talk to me in August. You know, I don't know what the record is at that point. If I'm saying if their record is a game over 500 in August, then obviously they're going to keep Coop and they're going to run through the season. But if this is, yeah, if the season gets flipped on its head somehow, it would be irresponsible not to trade Cooper somewhere else and you know to get something back because he would be a free agent at the end of the year. But I, I that's my guess. Don't know. Don't, this is just uh, pure speculation on my part with that. And if they were to offer Coop the qualifying offer and he rejects it, that they get the draft pick, correct? Is that how that? Right. Right. So. Yeah, still draft pick compensation. So I think it's that would be a win-win for, for everyone. And some you know, players do accept qualifying offers. So, um, yeah, so I, I, some, some do. In fact, the one that did, I think, is actually the perfect fit for the Marlins moving forward. If the season continues to go on, uh, I, I, I think that if the I, – I thought, guys, the Giants looked like one of the worst teams in baseball. I don't know about you. But even yeah. with getting Mitch Hanniger back – and getting Michael Conforto back, I don't know. They they I they looked really really bad. And yeah. uh, how would Jock Peterson look in the Marlins outfield for the final few months of the season? Left-handed hitter, maybe a little platooning with Brian De La Cruz. Oof. Funny guy, good guy, good atmosphere, clubhouse guy. So to me, I'm gonna keep my eye on that one. No conversations or anything like that. But I'm starting to think like guy can play center, guy can play left, left-handed bat. Yeah. You know, that feels like a good fit. Makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned center field. The last extension candidate we didn't get to was Jazz Chisholm Jr. Internally, how have the Marlins graded his transition out there so far? And what do they have they yeah. reached out to him at all? No, no. They they know they know it's been a work in progress with the defense, but it's looked better over the last few days for sure. Yeah. Um uh, yeah, uh, and and offensively he's looked better too. You know he's looked better over the last few days. Maybe you know these these lineup changes seem to have worked a lot with with what Skip has done. Yeah. So you know I I think you know maybe honestly when you think about it the highest grade we could give to anything in the first few weeks of the season is maybe the manager. I think I mean, yeah. I mean right like I mean this mattered. And, and again it could be some luck involved here, but it's like the guy does this it works. The guy does this it works. The guy does this it works. It's like let's bring in this bullpen guy, this bullpen guy, that I, I it's just well, other than smelts are getting blown up everything has been perfect. It, it really has looked that way to at least to me. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, the way he's used Brazabon, I couldn't agree more. Brazabon Scott, he's got Scott to not need Mel Stoddard. How, how, how in the heck did he get Scott good? I mean, that's obviously Mel. But but again, you know, putting Solaire in the pinch hit spot and putting yeah. Arise in the pinch hit spot, and it's like moving Jazz down, moving Jazz up, moving Jazz. Yeah. I, I don't. It just it seems it at least from my view, that's that's been a change. Now again, I, I don't want to understate that there's been some serious luck involved in, in the Marlins ten and nine record thus far, which is which which again you could say they had bad luck last year, and that's fine too. So 
I, I don't think that this way that they're going about it is sustainable, but they said that in 2003 and Jack McKeon would go to the mound and he'd make a change or he'd put a guy in the lineup. He'd be like, why is he playing this guy? And the guy would hit two home runs. It was incredible. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah. Right. He actually did push down Avi Garcia all the way down to the seven hole, which I think was one of the first times in his Marlins tenure. Great. We also put a tweet out uh, advertising that you're coming on. And one of the more common questions we had for you was, about DJ Spillick, obviously it's no secret that Miami has had trouble drafting players, whether you blame it on the development or the choosing of the players. I blame it more on the drafting. Are they happy with DJ Spillick? Is he also sort of on his last year of proving that, hey, they, he can nail a first-rounder? Because so far, it, in my, from my county, he's 0-4. Uh, well, okay, so yeah, Jacob Berry, the returns have not been great early, although he did look much better in the spring on the backfields than, than he did in the games either way. So, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm still hesitant to, to throw like a negative <laughs> on that. Um, you know, the draft pick of JJ Blade, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to say I've, I've had different conversations about him. I mean, a part of this is, is that I think that he would have been taken the pick after by whoever took him. So, I mean, was that just a bad pick in general or is it something on the player? I don't know in terms of Watson, Watson came with a lot of baggage. There's no question about that. They knew that when they took him. So, look, I, I think when you go back and you look at it, I think there there have been some promising things. I thought Meyer looked good. I thought Eder looked good. The other part of this that that definitely happened in the early part of DJ's drafting and when it happened in the organization is there was really – I know they took Barry and they needed an offensive player, but before that – there really was no edict on like, here's who we take. Like, here is how we're building the team. It was sort of like, just take the best player that you think is available, hitter or pitcher, and we'll have an organization that'll be able to make trades. And we, we want the most talented people. And then, listen, if we need to trade players, we will. And again, there's a lot of what Mike Hill said too at the time. And then Mike Hill is gone. And then, you know, all these things are changing. So j jury's still out for me on that, but... I, I do think there is potential in Eater and there is potential in Meyer. There's still potential in Burdick, but it's it's a it's a much larger question for me because I don't know what JJ Blade is going to be in Oakland, and Watson is still so young in terms of his development. So, uh, and and you know Barry too as well. So I I, I don't know. It, it, I, it's, I'm not the best draft person to ask about draft evaluation, but I would tell you that the Marlins opening day lineup. Of, of nine players didn't have a single player that they drafted or signed via international free agency, which is bleeping crazy. Hey, right? Fortez was in there in 2018 draft. He was in the start opening day. Yeah, I know. I mean, if go around the league and see how many teams did not draft or sign an international player in a starting lineup of nine on opening day. The Marlins had none. Yeah, and before we ask you that last question there that Devin had, I wanted to ask about Kim. Your assessment about her tenure so far, I believe she's on the last year of her deal. Yes. If so, mm -hmm. where do you think this organization is heading and how much of her future lies on this season specifically? Yeah, she's in the last year of her deal. I haven't heard any conversations one way or the other as to whether or not she'll leave or come back. I have no idea. But thus far, the returns on the trades appear to be pretty good. The AJ Puck deal, I thought, looks very good, if not fantastic. It looks yeah, like they may good. have found an elite eighth, ninth inning guy. There's no question. The Raya's yeah. trade looks excellent as well. 
And those were two of the big trades that she engineered in the offseason. Some of the other deals, the deadline deals and things of that nature did not look great. And the free agency also has not looked great as well. I mean, those are all true statements for sure. Mm -hmm. Some of the free agents also, even though she was the general manager, I, I would not indict her for because I believe Derek Jeter did most of the, the legwork on, on at least one very big one. So I would say at this point, you have enough of trades and free agencies under Kim's leadership to make the judgment at the end of the season. They only won 69 games last year. If they win 85, 90 games, I think that's a pretty successful season. And my guess is that Kim would come back another year. If they don't improve and they look the same as last year, I mean, I, I don't know how that could be possible. So a lot riding, it feels like, on this year, in my opinion. Yeah. And then finally, Eli, if we could bring back the the tweet up there. I guess more of a fun question and from Devin. Want to know details of trades that didn't happen in the last two years? If you have oh any, Greg. God, there's so many. I mean, I don't know. We could be here all. We could be here for hours. Uh, the, the, the fun one. one. The juicier yeah. one before we let you go. I don't know. There's so many. There's so many. Um, what 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 is it? What are we looking for? Whatever you want. Yeah, big time hitters looking to be acquired. Well, I mean, I tweeted out the Ozuna Garcia thing for a reason. It wasn't like there was nothing behind that. So yeah, that wasn't a, that wasn't a good enough one. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 definitely they they if they chose if they did not okay if they did not get a rise, they would have had Tyler O'Neill. That's mm -hmm. definitely something that would have happened. They would have okay. chosen that route. They could have done that. I don't. I don't know what else would have been in the trade. I'm not sure, but that. But that's something they could have done. Uh, the Brendan Rogers thing was real. That was mm -hmm. real. There was some discussion there about that for about him for uh, for Edward Cabrera, but I think that Miami uh, didn't want to do that. What else? Um, One that we hasn't been public on on social media yet. I'm trying to think of a good one. Like, there's nothing. I don't. I don't think that there's anything made. Any major trade, or even free agency. Jake Myers. I know they looked at him and Siri. Those are with Houston. Oh, well, like they Siri. talked about those guys. You mentioned O'Neill. Yeah, obviously, there's some hiccup with him in St. Louis. Is that still an option? Is that still are they still looking at him? Are they still? Oh, you know, they they need to get lefty. I keep saying it, but they need to get a lefty. These righties. I mean, I guess they need to get anybody who can hit at this point. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's. I, I think. Look, the Cardinals are not dumb. They're gonna not gonna trade O'Neill when he's at his lowest point. <laughs> so they're we're gonna have to wait on the Cardinals need, need pitching pretty bad. So there's a possibility of that there. Did you ever look at any of the of, of a Rosarino or Yandy? Who I mean, I know you know no. race, race trade a lot. So oh, um, um, Mount Castle. That's another one. Ah, that's I another like one. That one. That's yeah. a weird. That's a weird fit with Coop. That's another one. That's another one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think any, again, you're talking about things that, that go from one to 10. Like that may have been a two, but I know that Mount Castle at least came up in some conversation as a possibility that I am, I am positive. I'm trying to think of the other ones. If you, if you would have prepped me for this before, I probably could have done a lot better, but that was another name, at least that they looked at it. This, this one probably came. If you think about it, I think this one probably came after they didn't get Jose Abreu. 
That, that feels like what happened. They said, okay, we didn't get a Brady. Let's pivot to this. And then okay. they pivoted away from that too. Yeah, I think that's where we could wrap it up. Craig, thank you mu so much for joining us. Any other questions that were important, Eli? Or you guys, I have like two more minutes. If you guys, we got to get uh, Hayes over to pitching practice here, you know. Well, that's a good question. Yeah, that's how's a good question. Hayes? Yeah. yeah, how's he doing? He's doing great. He's He's been pitching great. He, I got a big announcement coming for, uh, for the weekend with Ooh. him. Not playing, though. That's a little tip. Not playing. But let's just say that you'll be seeing him this weekend in a very big way if you watch uh, Marlon's coverage this week. I'm very, oh. really big uh, stuff this week. Very excited. I know. But yeah, he's, okay. doing, he's been doing he's been doing great. Very happy. Very good. Very quickly before we go, Craig, we're recording this on uh, Donnie's birthday. Don Mattingly. Donnie, my guy. Yeah, so he's your guy, and he's still obviously active in baseball. First year bench coach in, with the Blue Jays. Uh, do you know how that's going for him? How how is he? He loves it. I heard. Yes, I heard. He well. Yes, he loves it. <laughs> he loves it. He's having a great time. The team is winning. It's uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I feel like he thought that it was over for him here, and he wanted a new challenge there. He, he loves the players there too. I know that they really lean on him quite a bit, and he's still very much hands on, like he was in the past, but in a different role. So I was absolutely shocked that he took that job, but he's, he's doing fine. He's, and he's, you know, I'm very, very happy for him. I, I do think that, that, that his last hit, you know, personally for me with Donnie, his last year, this, this last year, I don't know. Something was just off with him the whole entire year. I feel like, I feel like it was one year too much for him here. I feel like it was just like, boom, it's a wrap and probably should have left before 2022, to be honest with you, because so many things went sideways last year. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've enjoyed, and I've enjoyed having uh, Schumacher as the manager too. I think that that's a, you know, a significant change there. So it, it's not like I think Skip is a better manager than, than Donnie, but sometimes the situation does dictate that it looks like that. And I, and maybe there's a part of that too, because there's no doubt that, Skip is super, unlike Donnie, Skip is super aggressive with these moves. Like, like, yeah. like he said, like when I'm going to, you know what it is? The reason why the run differential for the Marlins is going to be awful all year is because when they have a chance to win, he's going to throw the kitchen sink at the game. And guys, when they are going to lose, I'm not going to say mm -hmm. Skip's going to punt the game. It, it certainly feels like he's just like, all right, on to tomorrow, which is rare. Like, you don't, you know, in the past, it was those Marlin teams. They would lose like seven, three. And then, and then we fought really, but Donnie, you guys fought real hard. Are you proud of the way you guys fought real hard, but you lost 10th in a row? Well, we're never going to quit. We could fight with it. You know, and this, this guy's just like, all right, we're down seven, nothing. Put Smeltzer in. Let's just, you know, that's it. You know, what, what do we got? That, that's, that's fine. You know, and, and maybe that's, a, it's a different way of operating for sure from what we've seen in the past. And that is where we will end it from Isaac, from Eli, from Craig, myself. We'll see you guys all in two weeks. Peace out and go fish.